today is February 22nd, 2015. The title of today's sermon is, Whose Report Will You Believe? Whose report will you believe? Um, Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I love getting in the presence of God. I am a crier, though, so it makes me want to cry when I'm in God's presence. That does not work well when you're trying to speak sometimes. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Um, I'm going to start off with, with kind of a big picture here. Obviously, we are living in a day and time where every line that can be blurred is being blurred. Yeah. If you're going to draw a line in the sand, somebody's going to come along and say that that line shouldn't be there. We live in a world that says that standards are no better than a suggestion. Um, they, are no, they are not really even a standard. It's more of a suggestion. It's more of a question. I might consider that as a standard. We live in a world where personal preference trumps objective words of truth. Is this or this not where we live? Our personal preferences trump objective word of truth. And let me bring up, let me bring up an example. Uh, I have a friend, a man that I know, who is busy building his reputation online. He's working on the blogosphere and, and getting videos out. And I watched a 20-minute video that he had the other day to tell us, all of us, um, how the Bible isn't, is not completely correct and how it's okay. Spent a lot of time explaining it. He actually went to seminary. Actually abused scriptures quite well, quite skillfully. And really what it came down to, and this is when you listen to it, if you don't have a backing in the Word of God, you might go, oh, wow, that sounded... He even used Scriptures. Well, he completely abused. But when you listen to even what he said, basically, he gets to their points, for instance, in his talk, he got to points in the Old Testament, and he just didn't like what it said. The ultimate bottom line was, I don't like what it says. I don't like the fact that God can actually hold somebody accountable for their sin. I think that's too harsh... I don't like it, therefore I refuse it. Um, when I grew up, it was called cherry picking. Yeah. You pick the parts that you like and you throw the rest of it away. You know, our kids are famous for that at dinner. Right? <laughs> they can cherry pick the, the dessert and leave the, the vegetables. Uh, this is not a group of people that want to do that. Um, but this is the world that we live in. If we're not careful, that's the way we, we tend to... Um, just because you're in the world, because that's so commonplace... You know what I hear more and more from young people? Speaking of personal preferences, we want to talk about homosexuality. Our culture is trying to say, look, man, that's just love. I've seen people misuse scriptures recently. All this has been in the past week or so. And I've seen very prominent, very logical sounding arguments that show that God is really just after love. He's just after monogamy. Seriously, you have not ever read the Bible, have you? You don't understand the totality of what God is trying to say. If someone is caught in that, we're going to pray and, and, and in Jesus' name they'll be delivered from it. We want them set free. I don't have to accept them by saying and agreeing with what they do. I actually want them to be set free because I actually care about them. I actually love them and want to see them set free and liberated. 
So I can't choose my personal preference and cause it to, geez, I need to kind of water this down. I mean, Eric, you go so hard at this stuff. Maybe, maybe we should water some of this down. That's the, that's the pressure of this world. That will always be the pressure on us as believers because we're living by a different system. We live in a world where Scripture is fallible. We live in a world where personal experience is exalted. My personal experience. If I've had an experience and my interpretation of my experience doesn't go with the Bible, I'll just go with my experience. Hmm. We live in a world where the message of the cross is absolutely foolishness. We live in a world where the church is trying to fight to be relevant. That is the most sideways comment that I can think of. There are certain very well-known pastors who've gotten on certain networks. Of their own making, right? And are saying, hey, look, the problem with the church is, is they're going by these 2,000 plus year old artifacts. And they're basing what they're really thinking. They're trying to base what they're thinking on 2,000 year old documents. Wow. How can that be relevant? That's, that's where we're living. Now, that is, that's easy enough for us all to take in because we see it. There's not a lot of contradiction. If you've been in the house of God, if you understand what God's all about, there's probably not much to do there. I don't have to argue that point with you. Here's, here's where I, I hope to bring it down to a personal level. Um, that is a global sense. Now, what are we doing with that, though? Um, how does that affect us as a believer? If you're an unbeliever here, then we expect um, that God will reveal Himself to you. Amen. We expect that God will show Himself to you and make Amen. Himself real. Yeah. And then you will have a choice to make. Amen. Whether you will accept Him and His finished work or whether you don't. If you are a believer... If you are one who's already set your hope and your trust in Him, then how is this, whose report shall I believe, how does it impact me? Well, I feel like the reason I listed the, the entire last month of Sunday, Wednesday, and Friday services that we've had is because I want you to hear what God is saying. If you can hear what, can you hear me now, you understand that God is trying to add value to us and speak to us of our value. Because you know what? If we believe the wrong report, we consider ourselves valueless. If we listen to the wrong report, then we lose heart. If we listen to the wrong report, then we get discouraged and we get worn out and we get confused. Has anybody ever walked around in a fog? I have. I get in a battle sometimes and it it really is. It's like, I'll think about it after a while. I'm like, God, I'm kind of foggy. I think I even said that to Matt the other day. I was like, it's kind of foggy in here. And that didn't mean actually tangible. I was just like, it's just kind of foggy. What does that mean? It means you have a lack of vision. You have a lack of clarity. Here's how this whose report do you believe impacts us as Christians. It goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3 verse 1. You can put it up on the screen when you get it. It says this. Dramatic pause. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, here is how, if you don't get the report correct, here's the way it impacts you as a believer. Did God really say? 
Did God really say that to you? Pastor Treister, did God really say that you were going to lead a group of people? I mean, I know you had a dream, and I know other people had a dream. You know, the old man kind of dreams. <laughs> old, ancient of days kind of dreams. <laughs> I'm actually older, that's the funny part. <laughs> I, I mean, we know that God has said, but did God really say those things? Because it's, it's easy for us to start listening to the wrong reports. You start getting the wrong information going on. And if this question comes up in your mind, did God really say? Uh, Steve, Miss Didi, did God really say? He did, didn't he? Did God really say that he was going to heal her from cancer? He did. Regardless of how things look, and these are people of faith. I'm not saying this because I'm saying this because we're joining with them and we're going to watch this be completely healed. We're going to watch these things be completely done in Jesus' name. We stand with you. Because I'm not going to question what God said. I am confident that God has said that. When your faith gets weak, when it gets foggy in your life, I'm telling you that all of us are going to stand and say, God really did say. We stand with you. Did God really say that He was going to heal Eliana? Is Mario in here? He did. And she's still alive. Is it six or seven weeks now off the medicine? Whatever it's been? The baby should have died hours after. Actually, shouldn't have, shouldn't have survived to get here to this planet. Shouldn't have had fingers and toes and a nose. Should have had tumors all on the outside of the body. You know what? None of that was true. That's right. Amen? Glory to God! You have got to remember and realize whose report that you're listening to. Whose report will you believe? Are we going to do it? You know, what the tr- you know what the struggle is? Is that it's nice when you take the baby off of the medicine and we are standing around with our hands laid on this child. In Jesus' name, let this baby live. Lord, we trust you. We hear your word. This is crazy. This is crazy talk. This same world that doesn't want to believe anything about the Bible is true and we're saying, uh, Mark, Mark says that these things have to happen. The reason we don't want to make the Bible true is because then it causes us to have to come up to a different kind of standard. If in our midst there should be people who are getting filled with the Spirit and demons cast out and et cetera, on and on, if that, has to, if that is our standard, you know what it does to us? There's no wiggle room in that. There's no wiggle room. I can't talk my way around that. I can't be excited and celebrate the stories that are going on if there ain't anything going on. So we have to start celebrating different things. Like how many cars we got in the parking lot today? Or how many empty chairs we have? Or how many... By the way, I'm talking about us as a church, right? I'm talking about the church world, which is a really weird way to say that. (laughs) Church world. Hmm. Those things shouldn't go together, but they do. Whether it's Eliana, there are other people here. I'm bringing up particular cases, not to say that those are more valid than your case, but I'm saying... These, in every sense of the word, are absolute miracles. So you know what? I'm going to continue to pray because I believe God's report, and although I don't see it completely in the natural, I'm not going to allow that to cause me to discount what God has said. I'm just going to pray until His kingdom come and His will be done on earth as it is already accomplished in the heavenly realm. That's why I pray. He's told me something. He's instructed us to do something. I'm going to do it. Guess what? It doesn't look like it. That's not my fault. That's not my problem. 
I'm just going to keep praying. I'm going to keep believing. Well, if there's a complication, you know what? I'm going to pray that much harder. I'm going to keep tapping those arrows on the ground because I want a full victory on each and every area. There are arrows that I'm tapping on the ground that we are tapping on the ground as an elder team, as a pastoral team for you guys because we want to see total victory. If you're doing good today, praise God. We're going to keep praying. Well, you're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. No, I'm not. I'm waiting until it's fully done in you. I think Eliana is such a great example of that because we are literally having to pray that every cell in her body be something different than what it is. Every cell in her body has to be reformed by the power of God. There's no wiggle room there. There's no way to go, oh, she's kind of healed. No, if you take a blood sample and there's one cell that's not in alignment, we're still praying. We're going to stand with them. We're going to pray with them. We're going to pray for them when they're too weak to raise their own hands up. We're going to pray. You know what? But now we're not going to do that for them. We're going to do that for you. Yes. And you should be doing that for each other. You should let your faith rise up so that you're not listening to the world. You're walking around and you've got the world's dust on your feet. I'm saying wash it off. In a, in a service like this, in a worship service like this, where God is coming and He is speaking, how many of you guys received something during the worship? Don't raise your hand. Just be honest. Yes. I did. How many of you got a specific word that someone came and shared with you or prayed over you? Wow. Good grief. Wow. Anybody get filled with the Spirit today? Refilled? Amen. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Yes! Huh. Anybody get healed today? Anybody get healed? Yeah. Dee did. Amen. Josh? Got a mind of Christ in you, huh? Amen. So, so what we're doing here is we're not playing church anymore. That's how we used to say we're going to go to church, right? That was, my, that was my world, right? We're not playing church. We're trying to figure out whose report we actually believe. Yes. Well, I, I'm, I'm asking you to say, are there areas in your life where, you, where you've allowed the enemy to come in and say, did God really say to you, Daniel? He did. Did, did God really say that you're supposed to be here? Well, that's what we're trying to determine. Once we know what God has said, Far too many Christians give up far too quickly. They start listening to the wrong report and they just stop. Abraham went how long between the promise and the fulfillment of a single promise? Decades. I get antsy with the Lord if He doesn't answer me in hours. I get worn out if He doesn't answer me in days. The real deal here is, you know what? There may be some time. Uh, going back to December or November, there was a message that Pastor Eric did on tension. It was tension on the line that Zeke did. But there was a message, something about, I don't remember the full name of it, but it was something along the lines of tension. Between the trees. Between the trees. There you go. Thank you. Y'all are, I like that. I was just testing you. <laughs> Two trees? Two truths. Two truths. Okay. Sorry. See, I was just testing you again. Uh, there's this tension between what God has already promised and the fact that it isn't here yet. <laughs> There's this land that we are in between. Was it C.S. Lewis? It was a, those, the world in between, the, the, the forest in between the world, something like that, where you're, just, you're going through this journey. Don't give up. Don't listen to the wrong report about your own self. That's why Alex 
came and shared a word so that you wouldn't start hearing the wrong message from yourself to correct that so you can believe God's report. The one message about our purpose so that you wouldn't get confused on even what you're here for, what you're supposed to be doing, because you know what? If you don't have one purpose in your life, you're going to get off track. You're going to start listening to the wrong things. You're going to tune to the wrong station. You're going to get the GPS going in the wrong direction. It's just going to pull you off and you can't correct it. Why? Because you didn't have one purpose going on, His purpose going on in your life. All of these pieces, I, I am a firm believer that God, when He's speaking, not only is there a single word for you today, but it's pieced with what He said yesterday. It's preparing you for what He's going to say tomorrow. When Tori speaks tomorrow night, it's going to bless us and it's going to bring things to our heart that we need from a different perspective. When you're leading your family in a Bible study at your own home, you need to be able to speak into your family. Come on, parents. You need to be leading your own home. Husbands, we need to be leading our own wives. This is the way that it's supposed to be because it's all building. Oh, I think we talked about that last week too, didn't we? We're living stones being built on another. Huh, it's almost like all this stuff fits together. It's almost like God's got a plan for us. It's almost like He said, hey, little flock, don't be afraid. Because I am pleased to give you the kingdom. It's almost like this little flock, He's saying, hey, hey, hey. We are sending people out. We're sending people out everywhere. We're sending our best and brightest. You know what? So you know what God says today in a very specific word from one of our elders' wives, Miss Jo? We better step up because there's vacancies in the ranks. If you don't step up, somebody else is. And then you don't get all upset that they took your spot. You didn't step up. You started listening to the wrong report. You went the wrong direction. Instead of stepping up, you kind of you shrunk back. Don't shrink back. Don't back up. There should be no reverse in your trajectory with the Lord. He might lead you to advance in a new direction. There's no, I don't have, I don't have, I don't need rear view mirrors in this. We're going forward in what God has done. Amen. Amen. Don't get confused. Don't listen to the wrong report. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 8. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure. <laughs> that's really, that's kind of a weird statement if you think about it. I was in a situation that I could not survive. I shall now tell you about this situation that I could not survive. But I clearly survived it because I'm telling you about it, right? Far beyond our ability to endure. Oh, but you endured it. We were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life. Some of us are despairing for life. Our situations are serious enough that life hangs in the balance. Huh. Indeed, in our hearts we felt the sentence of death. But this happened that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. Our God raises the dead. That'll, that'll be a, a good day here for this church. We'll, we'll have glasses that will mount on the wall one day for people who's been healed from vision problems. We'll put crutches or wheelchairs. Now we'll put a coffin up there one day. Just put it up there. Hey, yeah. God can do that. He did it in our midst. We saw it. We watched it. We watched the dead raised to life. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and He will deliver us. Wait, I thought you just said He has delivered us. 
Oh, he did. Verse 10. He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, and he will deliver us. Isn't that a great thought? We kind of rush through some of these things. Oh, yeah, he'll deliver us. Slow it down. Slow your roll. He has delivered you, and he will. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us. Oh, wait, there's more delivery here. He has, and he will, and he'll continue to do so as you help us by your prayers. And then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. Look just a few verses over chapter 3, verse 12. Um, check that. Let's go to chapter 4, verse 1. A little course correction there. Chapter 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 says this, Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, the ministry talked about in chapter 3, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That the veil that is on people's hearts is taken away when they come in Christ. We also with unveiled faces reflect the Lord's glory. Chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Everybody say, we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. Don't lose heart. Don't get discouraged. Don't get worn out. But I've been here before. Yep. If we are soldiers, we're not concerned with the affairs of civilian life. We're only concerned with pleasing our commanding officer. We forget that we're warriors sometimes. Don't lose heart. If God has you in a tough assignment, do it with joy. Smile at it. Big cheesy grin right in the face of the enemy. You know why? Because that's what we're called to do. That's who we are. I may not always feel that way, but I know I believe his report versus my feelings. I believe his word versus what I hear about myself and like, oh, I'm kind of scared. This is scary. If we're praying for this little baby and the baby doesn't live, there's no way out of this. There's, there's no wiggle room here. If the baby passes away, then we've got to pray for resurrection right here. There, I, mean, there's, I mean, what are you going to do? Oh, that happened, we were ready to pray for resurrection. Yep. We were like, give us a room. You can leave us right here, but we're going to make a whole lot of noise. We were ready. Do not lose heart. Do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. We are not of those who shrink back and are defeated. That's not us. We do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception. Nor do we distort the Word of God. Friends, there are so many people who are trying to distort the Word of God in our world. It's only going to get worse. I don't say that in a lamenting, oh, oh, in a fretful way. No, the Bible's already told us that this is the way it's going to be. People are going to have itching ears. They're going to only want to hear what they like, things that match their personal experience and their personal view on the world. Please only tell me what I already know, but please tell it to me in an interesting fashion. That's our world, right? nor do we distort the Word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Believers, here's our job. Set forth the truth plainly. Speak to people the truth.
speak truth even if it offends them. I try not to speak in an offensive way. I don't want to let my flesh get in there. But if I'm telling someone the truth, speaking the truth in love and it offends them, I'm completely okay with that. I am completely, 100%, I'll do it all day, every day. Speaking the truth in love, if they get offended, if I can base it in the Word, if I can't, well then, I better make sure. I've got to get my stuff together. I am never trying to offend, but I'm also not going to back down from saying, telling people what, what the truth is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not going to back down telling the, the person that I'm talking to that homosexuality is not from God. It's a perversion of the actual truth of this beautiful picture that God has. Can I tell you about the picture? Can, can, I, can I tell you about this? Can I tell you how glorious it's supposed to be? I, I don't know whether you're born that way. I'm going to presume that you're not. And here's what I'm thinking. Just go right there with it. And you know what? <laughs> On them, they have to deal with it because then they've heard the truth. They're made accountable then. I mean, even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those that are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. So that they cannot see the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ is the Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Just a few more verses here. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. You are the jars of clay. I am the jars of clay. To show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. When you come into a church like ours and you feel such a mighty presence of God and we're just a storefront church. There's, there's no glory or majesty that people should be drawn here in any way. And yet, God has chosen to live in jars of clay. Amen. He's chosen to allow His Spirit to be carried on the likes of our shoulders. Yeah, hallelujah. What a great God. What a great God. I don't, I don't discount that at all. I've had people ask me before, well, where did you go to seminary? I say, cemetery? <coughs> seminary? What is that question designed for? Are you actually worthy to do what you're doing? Yeah. Well, let's just skip to it. If you're asking me if I'm worthy, I'm going to say no. Yeah. I actually don't have anything that makes me credible to do this except that He is now residing in me. And He's called me, and so He'll equip me, so He'll empower me. I will yield to exactly what He says. Knees knocking, (laughs) faith weak, trembling in my heart sometimes, and I'll do it. I will not back away from this. You can ask all you want about my worthiness. I'm going to presume that He'll make that known to you, and if He doesn't, it's not my job anyway. I won't even slow down to, to worry about that. We have this uh, treasure and jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. If you, are not getting, if you don't get encouraged by a scripture like this, you've got to check your encourage meter. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. I just made that up. But we're hard-pressed on every side. I've felt this way before but I'm not crushed. I'm not going to lose this. I'm not. I may feel like it. It may look like it. There may be things that seem to die around me, and God will resurrect it. Because that's just the kind of God that He is. He brings dead things to life. 
He brings dead people to life. He brings those who are dead spiritually to life. That's what he does. That's not hard for him to do. <laughs> Was it Second Kings? Talking about digging the ditches. We talked about that months ago. One of the verses in there, I think it's around 16 or 17, says, this is an easy thing for God to do. Seriously? You need a whole valley full of water by the morning? That's easy. You, you, need, you need a vision that you've had? You need a dream that you've had brought back to life because it seems like it's dead? <laughs> He's the one that gave you the dream in the first place. He can revive that. It, it is completely dead. It is beyond life support. It is dead. And God will resurrect it. Don't let that report cause you to walk away from that thing. Many times we miss miracles in our life just because we walk away and we quit. We, we just don't keep praying when the things get hard. Oh, Lord. Hey, we're hard-pressed on every side. Sorry, that's the way this works. Suck it up. Let's move on. But not crushed. Perplexed. Um, how do I... We're not in despair. <laughs> Lord, I have no idea how I'm going to do this. None. Zero. I know less now than I did two years ago. I have no clue how to fulfill what you want me to do. None. I've tried all my plans. None of them work. You always throw a wrench in my plans. I'm perplexed. But I'm not in despair. <laughs> well, I guess my plans were kind of dumb then. <laughs> you know? I, I'm speaking of my own plans, my own personal life, Well. I guess that was, uh, that was a, another fine one I've gotten myself into. Persecuted but not abandoned. Hey, you're not by yourself. God is with you. Amen. If you're persecuted, Amen. delight in it. Amen. You're counted worthy of something that's important. Yes. You're of different stock than the people around you. Yeah. We're struck down. That seems kind of like you got defeated there. Yep. I got struck down. I'm not destroyed, though. I'm not defeated. I'll get back up. Righteous man may fall seven times, but he's going to get up. Yes. I'll keep getting up. Yes. I, you knock me down. That's fine. You're bigger and stronger. Okay. And I'm going to keep getting up. Amen. Nothing else. I will hurt your hand on my face. <laughs> you got you to give what you got. <laughs> If I was big and strong like Daniel, I may not have to be that way, but I'm like, uh, I will outlast you. I will just wear you out. You will get tired of hitting me and go away. <laughs> We're laughing, but have you been in a spiritual situation like that? Where you're like, I, I literally have no strength, Lord. I'm getting pummeled every flipping day. You're not destroyed. The very fact that you're alive proves that God is still with you. The very fact that you are taking a breath still shows that God can do something in you. Amen? Stop thinking like the world. Stop believing the world's reports. Stop giving up before God moves. Stop turning around before he, you get to the destination. Stop getting off the track because it's just hard. It's hard to do this. It's extremely hard to do this. If you're doing it right, there are times when you're like, uh, I can't do this. I, I can't take another day like this. And yet we can. Because He's in us. I was pressed so hard, I could not endure. Well, clearly you endured because you're telling me about it. The Bible is full of passages. We just read one. Huh. 
Persecuted but not abandoned. Struck down but not destroyed. I'll, I'll wear your hand out on my face. I ain't worried about it. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Amen. Revelation chapter 12 says that they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony yes. and did not love their lives so much as to shrink back from death. Blood of the Lamb. How precious is that? By the word of their testimony. The word of Richard's testimony is powerful and it will impact people and it already is. There are doctors standing with them, getting in trouble by standing with them from their own medical community because doctors are standing with them. What does God need to do in your life? Verse 11, for we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake. Death of what we want, death of our plan, the death of comfort, the death of convenience, so that His life may be revealed in our mortal body. Don't you want to have His life revealed in you? For some of us, a day like today, I'm going to challenge you, part of you stepping up, part of this uh, the word that Miss Joe gave today. Some of you guys, we need to be able to <laughs> believe the correct report and move forward. And some of us need to start prophesying. You need to be the ones that are laying hands on people. Amen. You need to step up. We need to step up. I need, we need to. I don't want to make this you. We need to step up. We need to understand our one purpose. We need to make sure that God has valued us correctly. We need to make sure that we're building our house correctly here so that, that, God, that we're not going to labor in vain. We need to have a good pathway that leads us through these different places. We need to be doing these things. Who else is going to do it? You see it right here. This is us. This is it. You may not like it. You may be a coach and you get a team and you're like, well, what am I going to do with these guys? Motley Crew, Bad News Bears. That's us. What's up? Bad News is our name. How you like it? Actually, we're, we're the good news. We've got the good news, right? I'll get around to it eventually. That's, that's what happens when I chase rabbits, right? Got to give me a minute. Hey, God has chosen you to be here. Lock arms with the people around you. Step up when you're afraid. Don't listen to the report of the world that says you're not. You can't. Why should you? Stop it. Don't be too crazy. Don't offend anybody. How, how many believers stop from speaking the truth because they're worried about... And again, I think if you speak the truth in love, I think that's what God instructs us to do. I'm going to obey His Word. When people are usually worried about offended, they often just don't do and say what they're supposed to say. Because the word itself is offensive. When Jesus stood up and says, hey, unless you drink my blood and eat my flesh, you can't inherit what I got. You can't be a part of me. In that society? Really? Yeah. No, that's, that's the way my king rolls. It's truth. It's love. It's the both and. <laughs> so what are you going to do?
What are you going to do? Whose report are you going to believe? I'm going to believe every word that the King of Kings tells me. Yes. I'm going to believe every word. And if I get something wrong, then it was me that messed up, not in him. Not him. I'm not going to impugn God's character because I get stuff wrong. Well, he must not, he must not speak today. Really? That's the conclusion you want, to, you want to get from this. I talked to a guy on Friday, went out to Pearland and had lunch with, a, with a, a new guy that I know, and he's starting a church. He's starting a church in Pearland at one of the apartment communities that I oversee. And it was great to talk to him. We just started talking, and it started off being about the apartment, the care stuff that we were doing, and then it just kind of shifted. I was like, so tell me about this church you're starting. Oh, he told me a little bit about it. It's just going to start on a Sunday night. He doesn't want to conflict with other churches. They're just trying to get it built up in the community that he lives. I love it. Tell me about your church. Man, we're crazy. We've got an awesome church. Like, I left everything I could as fast as I could to get here. Like, uh, this, is, this is the place to be. Like, we're crazy enough to believe that if we go somewhere, then God is going to heal somebody in our midst. Like, we believe that God will actually speak to us and tell us a relevant word. Like, we believe that people should be touched and feel God's presence when they're every day, every single day, and especially when we get together. Because we're all feeling it at home and talking to God, and then we get together, and it's powerful. We believe that God does transforming things. And he went, <laughs> sorry, kid. And so we talked a little bit about theology from his background that says that none of this stuff still happens. But he's not deceived. He went, that, that can't be true. He said, I can argue these points, but they're so paper thin, it makes me want to vomit. Oh. Oh. Come on, vomit that out. Get those demons out of there. That'd be good. Huh? He's going he's to come one day. Amen. And before he even comes, he's going to get filled with the Spirit. Yes. Because that's who we are. Hallelujah. This is what we do. Amen. We meet people. We engage. We say, hey, all that stuff. So, so what do you say to me? Because I'm saying it happens, and I'm, I could show you when it happens. I can tell you when it happens. You come to church with me on Sunday, and I promise you it'll happen. Put that in your theology pipe and smoke it. Like, what are you, what are you going to do with that? What you going to do? When it happens, what are you going to tell me? He's like, I have nothing that I can say. He's like, actually, I'd really like to know more about it. Oh, like, like, actually, um, I really want to kind of continue this conversation. <coughs> I was like, okay. Well, I'm going to give you about a gazillion, gazillion scriptures, and you're going to read through them. And the truth is, is you can pray, and God can fill you in your own house with your wife and your four kids. Yes. If I'm there, it would be great. If I'm not, that's just how cool God is. We serve a great God, folks. Amen. Don't believe the wrong report. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let despair creep in. We do not lose heart. Amen. We are warriors. Yeah. Now that's weird for women. I don't know how that sits with a, women, with, with a man. That makes me feel really good. I am a warrior. God is a warrior. That's his name. Right. Rock. I mean, I'm... Ugh. Right? Ladies, you're involved in this too. You're soldiers in this too. We don't concern ourselves with the world. We don't concern ourselves with civilian affairs. We're only trying to make our God happy. That's right. That's right. Come on. If He counts us worthy to suffer, we love it. We love it. Our flesh doesn't like it. 
but we truly love it because we know that He's with us. Come on, let's stand together.